Good morning. This is Emily Landry here for another installment of the WP Cares podcast. I'm here with Jason Skaggs, Executive Vice President and Chief Executive Officer of Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Emily. Good to be with you. Good to be with you, too. So I have had the honor of getting to work with your team before, so I know a little bit about what Cattle Raisers does, but for those who haven't worked with you, would you tell us about the organization? You bet. Good to be, good to be here. And um, the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association was founded in 1877 in Graham, Texas. This was back in the days of, of cattle drives and, and you know, really the, uh, a real key part, a development part of our state. And there were 40 ranchers that got together in Graham and decided that they needed to create an association to deal with uh, the threat of the day at that time, which was cattle wrestling. And so they founded the association and um, here we are uh, in 2023, still going and uh, still going strong. Um, Obviously the law enforcement component of, of the association is still front and center and really makes us, I think, unique as you look across the country. We've expanded into a lot of other areas. Uh, you know, back in the day, the, the railroads came along and with railroads, uh, taxes came along mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of folks didn't like that, obviously. So they, people went to, went to Washington, D.C. to, to uh, be uh, an advocate uh, on the you know for the uh, against some of the railroad issues and so then I'll, I'll, that led into you know a lot of our advocacy work that we do in the government relations arena. Uh, we started having conventions um, where people could get together and network and learn about things in the industry. Um, we started uh, in uh, the 1970s. We started a, a health insurance company because ranchers at that time were having a hard time getting health insurance. And so we started a, a member-based health insurance company and it, uh, we've gotten involved in a lot of other things. So it's, uh, it's been great. Uh, long history of uh, the association and who's been involved with it since 1877. It's, it's really a lot of the who's who of, of, of a lot of the founders and, and um, kind of patriarchs of Texas. So it's, yeah. it's, it's been fun to be a part of. That's incredible. I didn't realize it was that old of an organization what a nice history so why don't you tell us a little bit about your role with the organization sure so as the executive vice president ceo uh, i'm the kind of the the chief i guess uh staff person there for the association we're a we're a we're very proud to be a volunteer-led association so our our board is uh, com- comprised of over uh, 135 people that uh, are from all across Texas and the Southwest, and they're all volunteer leaders, and um, they make decisions that for the association. The staff, however, um, we, we report directly to the board. My job is to um, oversee the staff, but really, as I like to tell our, our, our staff, uh, we definitely have an org- organizational chart and we, we have a chain of command, but we really work side by side, shoulder to shoulder to, uh, to, to implement what our volunteer leaders you know, w- w- like for us to do and the direction of the association. That's great. So how did you know you wanted to get involved with Cattle Raisers Association? So I'd been 
involved on the on the edge or kind of on the fringe with the association for quite some time early in my career. Uh, I got out of college and kind of went um, into the political world, working in um, Washington D.C. and in Austin in congressional and sort of legislative legislative roles. And all that time, I really knew that um, what the association meant, who they you know were comprised of, what they stood for, a lot of the issues that I, I thought were always so important to Texas, um, but also other states that we you know have members in. And I always thought, well, that'd be a really fun place to, to work um, if I ever had the opportunity. And then, um, but really got to know the people and a lot of the volunteer leaders along the way. And in 2007, I had an opportunity to come work for the association in Austin as the executive director of government and public affairs and did that for about 11 years or so, and then had an opportunity to move to Fort Worth to be the CEO. And so all those years, so what, 15 years now or so, um, have had that opportunity to see the association from a staff perspective at different levels and different angles. And, and it's been, it's been really, really fun, uh, challenging every, every day is different and, um, uh, but very important what we do and the role we play as an association. I love that. So why don't you tell me more about the services the organization provides to the community? I know you actually have multiple kind of arms in different organizations. So if you want to elaborate on those, that would be awesome. So first and foremost, you know, we have a little over 26,000 members across uh, mostly Texas, but into Oklahoma, New Mexico and other states. Our, uh, our law enforcement uh, area, which I mentioned earlier, is really a, a, a very key focal point for what we do. And we have 30 special rangers that are commissioned through the Texas Department of Public Safety and also the Oklahoma Bureau of Investigation. Um, so those, those special rangers are, are, are located in Texas and Oklahoma. And then several of them are, about eight or nine of them are dual commissioned in both states. That is, is very much still front and center of, of why we exist and what we do and the services that we provide in those arenas. Uh, it is important to know that the special rangers serve the citizens of those states. They don't just work for members of our association. They're, they're first and foremost peace officers that investigate agricultural crimes in, in those states. And it's... Um, they, but they work for, but they work for the public. Um, they are paid for, however, uh, solely by our our member dues, so that we don't take any federal or state dollars. Um, no grant money. Uh, we're solely those those individuals. Those thirty individuals are, are solely paid for by our member dues. So it's a very key key, uh, you know, I think area that we that we serve, um, and we allocate a lot of resources to that and a lot of time, obviously. We also are very involved in, 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 on a day-to-day basis in the government relations arena. We spend a lot of time working on federal and state legislative and regulatory issues. We have a staff in Austin, an, uh, an office and a staff there in, based in Austin, but they operate all over the place uh, where um, you know, we, we really keep close tabs on things that are going on that would affect not only the ability to raise cattle, but also to... Um, own land. Um, so, you know, we like to I tell people all the time where we are the Cattle Raisers Association, but 
we deal with a whole lot of other things other than just cattle. <laughs> so, um, and, and a lot of issues, particularly in that government or, uh, relations arena. So we also provide a lot of educational opportunities for our members. We have a, an annual convention every year um, where we have our school for successful ranching for if you've been ranching, you know, your whole life or you just started, you know, ranching or owning land, um, you, you can come to the School for Successful Ranching program that we have at our convention. Uh, but that is also goes throughout the year. So that's just really the in-person um, part of that. But we offer a lot of other opportunities to um, uh, get together online through our Ranching 101 program, um, which is a monthly um, program that you can tune into to learn more about topics, but we have a lot of programs that we do across the state, in-person programs that we do across the state to educate our members um, on, on the issues of the day. Maybe it's some, it's some you know, government relations issue. Maybe it's some new um, you know, animal care practice that we need to tell people about or educate people on. Maybe it's some new type of, of native grasses that we need to talk about or you know, educate people on, all, all the whole spectrum. So we, we spend a lot of time on educational issues, networking, uh, providing a lot of networking uh, opportunities for our members. And, uh, you know, those are, I think, probably the high points of, of a lot of the things that we that we do on a day-to-day basis, at least. That's great. I actually had the opportunity to go to the convention this year, and it was nice to see all of the different vendors who are there kind of discussing how their products can help serve the community and and walk in on a couple of those lessons and see what y'all are up to. Do you have a date for next year's convention? Um, We do. Um, It's, uh, it's going to be at the end of March. I'll have to get you the exact date. End of March. uh, Sounds good. But uh, yeah, it's uh, we're set. We're scheduled out here in Fort Worth for the next several years. Uh, People love coming to Fort Worth. It's where we're, it's where we're based obviously, but uh, people love coming here with all the history so there's a lot of connections with our industry and Fort Worth, obviously, but people, people come from all over the, all over the country, not only from, to attend the convention, but to, um, we've got a big expo or, or trade show that, um, we, you know, we'll have 300 exhibitors there. Like you said, it's a lot of fun for people to get together, see new products. And, um, uh, but yeah, we'll have uh, registration for that usually up in first part of January. So, um, we'll uh, be getting that kicked off. We do some other, we do a summer meeting as well and a, and a fall meeting every year, our policy conference in the fall where we get together. So we'll, uh, we just wrapped up our summer meeting out in West Texas and Marfa uh, earlier this month and we'll be headed to, heading to College Station, Texas in September to do our policy conference there this year. Wonderful. Just yeah. in time for football season at yeah. College Station. Yeah. <laughs> Are you seeing any trends around the livestock industry? We're seeing a lot of trends, some that are positive and some that might be more concerning to people. I think first and foremost, the thing that, that we see a lot in Texas, at least, is the fragmentation of land. Um, just the, the the urban development, suburban development of land that, that really is affecting um, a, a lot of what we do. Um, now, that's not all bad. That's good for our economy and good for a lot of individual you know, landowners and so forth, but it, it is challenging in that there are new pressures that we deal with every day. And so that's, uh, whether it's, it's you know, um, a road coming in or a water line coming through your property or maybe an oil and gas line 
development. We've got issues relating to uh, electric lines, uh, just getting those resources, you know, that are so important to this growing state. Um, they've got to come from somewhere. And so that's concerning, obviously, the pressure on our water resources. And uh, we've got issues. Uh, and, and, and I say issues. There are also opportunities for landowners with uh, in the, a lot of the renewable energy space. So you've got solar solar you know, projects going in all over the state. Now you have uh, obviously a lot of wind development. You've got um, a, a issue recently that we dealt with in the legislative session was, was carbon storage, um, carbon injection wells under your land. Uh, a lot of the oil and gas companies have found that as an opportunity. Um, so uh, a lot of pressures on, on owning land uh, managing land, managing those natural resources that are so important to what we do, and uh, and really, you know, we we view ourselves as the as the caretakers of that of those resources that are that and have been for a lot of generations. So I think that's a trend that will continue. <clears throat> Texas is a very popular place to be for a variety of reasons, and we all love that. Uh, but you know those are those are challenges. I think we also are seeing a lot more of uh, absentee landowner ownership across the state. So the 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 you know person who might live in in Fort Worth, let's say, but then owns a ranch out you know a hundred miles or two hundred miles away or whatever, uh, then they go back to their ta- their home in the city and they don't um, uh, you know they may not be on the property or that ranch. Um, or that you know, in the out in rural Texas, as as frequently as they might be, as if they live there day you know day in and day out. So that presents some challenges, but it also presents a lot of opportunities. Um, and then lastly, I would say I think the trends of you know just those you know, more and more people are getting further and further away from agriculture, um, and it's just a generational thing. And I think generally in our society. And so we spend a lot of time educating people on where their consumers primarily on where their food comes from. Um, we have a great uh, marketing um, arm that um, it's a, a, a another association or another uh, organization that we and a lot of other groups uh, help to support the Texas Beef Council. You may have heard of beef. It's what's for dinner. Um, it's our marketing education and research arm. Um, it's not directly affiliated with TSCRA, but we uh, produ- beef producers all across the, the state and the nation um, help to uh, sort of self-help, self-fund that, that effort to, to, to help educate consumers on um, the positive health benefits of beef, but also the uh, you know, sustainability and, and um, just you know, educating people more about where their food comes from, particularly beef in our case. Yeah, for sure. So you've shared so many really wonderful things, but if I wanted to get more involved with what you're doing, how could I do that? Best thing to do would be to call us. Um, come to one of our events. You know, I think uh, the convention obviously is a fun place to do that, but we have a lot of opportunities across the state to come. We have, we do what we call ranch gatherings all across the, the state, usually uh, in the really throughout the year, but particularly in the summer and fall. And uh, we've got a list of those on our website, tscra.org. And um, so there's a lot of in-person things. You know, we're big on getting together. Uh, I tell people a lot that TSCRA is like a big family. And um, when we have our convention, that's that's the big annual family reunion. 
um, so to speak, but we have a lot of little mini reunions, if you will, across the state uh, through these ranch gatherings and these programs that we put on. And they're really great opportunities for people to to come, you know, meet your neighbors. Um, people come from different counties. We do probably about 25 to, to 30 events across the state, in addition to those three main events I, I mentioned. So, um, so we try to bring it, you know, bring TSRA to your backyard or as close as we can get to it. Um, and, um, and they're fun. They're, they're, uh, they're free. You come eat, um, a nice, you know, barbecue or steak dinner and learn a little bit about what's going on. And, um, uh, learn how you can get involved. We have policy committees that we, we, we really put a lot of emphasis on. Um, we have four main policy committees. So if you've got some interest in a particular area, natural resources and wildlife or cattle health and well-being or property rights and tax issues or marketing and transportation issues, you can get on and become a member of our association and get on one of those committees is usually a really great way to start to get involved. Uh, but we offer a lot of other uh, a lot of other opportunities to get involved too. If pol- if the policy arena is kind of not your thing, um, we offer a lot of other things through um, you know our our membership you know opportunities and some other things. So a lot, lot of opportunities to to plug in. But um, you know they the old saying the world belongs to those who show up, and so uh, that's the first thing I always tell people: you need to show up and come start coming to these things and meeting people getting to know folks and then um, and then seeing really where your interests are kind of honing in on what you you know how you want to be involved and where you might want to you know uh, offer your time or, or you know really volunteer your time to, to help benefit you know the good of the the association and the kind of ranching landowner space that's wonderful well as you know Whitley Penn's primarily based in Texas and kind of in the southwest like you so we're just so grateful for what you're doing to help our landowners and um, really protecting dinner. I hate to say yeah. it that way, but that's <laughs> it. Um, it. I'm really grateful for the opportunities you gave us to figure out a little bit more about you. Do you want to share any of your social media information with us? Um, everything can be picked up really off our website. We've Perfect. got all our social media channels right there on our webpage, uh, tsra.org. Uh, we're pretty much everywhere on social media and uh, um, do do a, a pretty good job. We also have a daily email. If you become a, a member, you can subscribe to a daily email that we have that um, you know keep you up to date on the the you know a lot of the the specifics on a day to day basis, and then a lot of other communication that we'll send out on on hot topics and um, urgent things that um, you know, folks may need to know about or be involved with. Thank you so much again for joining us today, Jason. We're so thankful to our audience for joining us today. You can find this and our other podcasts on any location podcast can be found.